Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station, a place to sit back and relax while you're waiting for your train to board. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. This is a special series, a field guide for Christian leaders. We're reaching back over 1,500 years to bring you a leadership classic from St. Gregory the Great, a week-by-week look at timeless wisdom from the past. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Have you ever thought about how difficult it is to keep your balance? Even if you're standing still, your toes, your feet, your muscles are always at work, keeping you, well, mostly vertical. Stand up right now. Stand still and feel that for a moment. That's your body keeping you on your toes. And for most of us, that happens without thinking. But like the laws of inertia we're usually pretty stable unless we're influenced by some outside force. Then we have to think about keeping our balance. So today Gregory talks about maintaining this inner balance. We have to keep a sure footing between the easy extremes of thinking primarily of ourselves or thinking primarily of others. I'll let Gregory flesh that out more fully for us, but for now, it's time for this. And now, the Lexeme of the day. Lust. Hmm, the word today is lust, and I know where your mind just went. Yes, that's one use of the word lust, but don't get sidetracked by your usual ways of thinking. To help you understand lust, it's best to think of it as any blinding madness that makes you act in ways that, first of all, are not like you, or second of all, are just downright sinful. And interestingly, lust does not have to play itself out, like you were just thinking, to be sinful. It only has to take root in your heart. The bad news about that is that it can happen without you even noticing. Enough from me. Let's move on and hear from St. Gregory himself. The Field Guide for Christian Leaders The leader should not set his heart on pleasing people, but should set his heart on what ought to please them. Leaders have to be constantly on guard against the lust of pleasing people, and it is a kind of lust. Even when you have a good grasp of the spiritual and the practical, you could find yourself wanting to be loved by others more than loving the truth. You can do a lot of good deeds and get a lot of things right, and people may look and say, he does not belong to the world, but love for self can separate you from your maker. The one who wants to be loved by the church for all the good he does is the enemy of our Redeemer. When the bridegroom sends gifts to the bride through a servant, it is treachery for the servant to use those gifts to draw the bride's attention away from the bridegroom and to him. When love of self takes over a leader's mind, it can cause him to tend toward either softness or harshness. When his love of self leans toward softness, he does not rebuke sin in others because he is afraid it will dim their love for him. He may even flatter them in the very sins that he should oppose. As the prophet said, Woe to them that sow cushions under every elbow and make pillows under the head of every statue. To put cushions under every elbow is to flattered souls that are falling into unrighteousness and taking pleasure in worldliness. 
their elbows are on cushions, and their heads are on pillows, when hard correction is replaced by soft approval. Their sin is never challenged, and their minds are falsely at ease. A leader's love of self tends toward harshness when they encounter someone who might stand in the way of their reputation and their rise to prominence. When the leader is unable to control them or has no power over them, they can be brutally cruel and treat them as outsiders. To these people, the leader is never kind. They forget to be gentle or pastoral, but use their position to dominate and abuse. This behavior was rebuked by the prophet who said, But with austerity and power did you rule them. Ezekiel 22. They loved themselves more than their maker. They raised themselves up over those under them and did everything they could to get the glory. They have no fear of future judgment. They say they are free, but they're happy to use their freedom to do whatever evil it takes to make sure no one reigns on their parade. Watch for this in yourself. If you have set your mind on sinful things, but you want everyone to ignore them or turn a blind eye, then you want to be loved more than you want to love the truth. In particular, you don't want the truth defended against you. All of us fail. We're all imperfect. But here's what sets the godly leader apart. We want the truth to be loved more than we want to be loved. When the truth is at stake, we don't want to be spared. Peter willingly accepted Paul's rebuke in Galatians 2, and David humbly listened to the rebuke of his subject Nathan, the prophet, in 2 Samuel 12. Good leaders don't put limits on their love for others. They believe a sincere word of rebuke from a follower shows respect and that their humility can be trusted. But this requires wisdom, too. Give people the freedom to speak honestly, but don't let that freedom turn to pride in them. Help them to measure their words. If they say too much, too often, they risk losing their own humility. Of course, it's right for rulers to want to please people. They should be drawn to the goodness of your character and your love for the truth, not to be loved in themselves, but as a road that your followers can follow to find the love of their creator. If a preacher is not loved, it's not likely he will be listened to, no matter how good he is. Be loved and be lovable, but not for the sake of your own benefit. Don't let that love cause you to rebel against Christ. Paul says the same thing when he says, Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. That's in 1 Corinthians 10. And if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ in Galatians 1. So Paul seeks to please, and yet not to please. He wants the source of the pleasing to be of Christ and not of Paul. That is the core of his desire. And now it's time to stand before the mirror of truth. Okay, I have to address this. Gregory's comments from Ezekiel putting cushions under every elbow? Hmm. Well, that's from a Greek translation of the Hebrew, and the Hebrew uses some obscure terminology 
that was likely a bit fuzzy for the translator. I left it as it was because I'd need to let St. Gregory speak for himself. At this point, he doesn't need an editor. He's beloved and trusted across all branches of Christendom. Now, back to that mirror. You know, we live in a culture where we're told over and over again, you have to love yourself. Well, yes. But if that isn't anchored in a heart that knows the love of God and loves God first and foremost, that unanchored love of self will lead to nothing but trouble. So, check your own heart in that. Be sure that the focus is on doing the right thing for God, for others, and for yourself, regardless of the cost. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. As the train boards and rolls on to its next destination, we hope you found your time here helpful. The paraphrase of St. Gregory's work, along with supporting content, was developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson. As always, our sound engineer is Brick Martin. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. And the closing music is from Javier Cugat, Brazil. Great Ridge Station is a service of Great Ridge Group, LLC. Stay with us on this. We're eagerly awaiting your next visit to Great Ridge Station.